You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Also, we've just recently launched our own Patreon page. So if you're looking for premium content, be sure to hit us up on Patreon. It is patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. So if you're looking to support the show, get access to unaired segments, join our fantasy baseball league, participate in Zoom calls, Q&As, trivia, all that good stuff. Be sure to get involved with that. If you've got specific questions about that, we've already gotten quite a bit of interest about that platform. Email us at lockedonraise at gmail.com. I can tell you right now, in the offseason, we'll be putting a lot of stuff up there. Just a little tidbit with that. Okay. With a doubleheader sweep yesterday against the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards, your Tampa Bay Rays are in the playoffs for the second straight year. Your Rays stand at 33 and 18, second best record in the American League, and three and a half games up on the New York Yankees in the ALE standings. Ulysses, how are you feeling this morning? Definitely woke up happy today, Kevin. I mean, like you're saying, only second time in in, in Rays franchise history to be going to the playoffs in back-to-back years since, uh, what, 2010 and 2011? Mm -hmm. So it's a very special time to be a Rays fan. Everybody should be happy. Uh, It's fantastic, really. If you didn't wake up with a smile today, I don't know what will. Yeah, especially if you're just a fan of Tampa Bay sports because the Tampa Bay Lightning (laughs) are going to the Stanley Cup. So that's, uh, that's a little bang for your buck if you're a Tampa Bay sports fan. I gotta tell you, I know it's only a 60-game season, but with everything we've gone through between the injuries, the (sighs) issues with the Yankees, uh, Mike Brousseau and Araldis Chapman, everything that went on with that and and all the COVID-19 stuff that happened, it almost feels like it's been an 80-90 game season at the least. (laughs) It seems like I know before you know it, it's going to be playoff time, but it's like, let me put it this way. There's been enough thrown into this 60-game season that would equate to a 162 game season, all the injuries and everything like that. It's like, man, it does feel like an accomplishment. And I think they've used as many baseballs as they would have used in a 162 game yeah. season. Cause you see them, uh, use a, a new one every couple pitches. Now it, it's fantastic. If you're a Tampa Bay fan right now, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not so much on the bucks, but you know, only one game there. Uh, so no, it's, it's great. Look, there, there are things we can talk about the recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I specifically have a Kevin crash moment, but also a Kevin De Niro moment. So oh it my is up to goodness. you. 
It is up to you. Which one would you like to hear first? Negativity, positivity. What do you want? Well, considering that the Rays just clinched a playoff spot in everything that they've gone through, we'll go with the uplifting moment, if you will. Kevin De Niro. I am curious to hear this one. The Kevin De Niro moment is a manager showing confidence to a struggling player. I love that. Um, you know, telling Willie, I believe you, I believe in you, you're, you're going to get out of this funk and you're going to be batting in the second game for me. You're starting, even though you stunk up the place the first game with an 0 for 4 showing with four strikeouts. He responds by going 2 for 4 with a big, big three-run home run. And you can tell by his smile that, there was a, a sort of weight lifted from Willie's shoulder. So that's a Kevin DeNaro moment right there. That was huge. That was huge because we know in slumps, sometimes it just takes that one. It just takes that one hit. And right. I know, I mean, we can talk about Adamas' struggles of late and everything like that. But at the end of the day, among everyday position players on the race, he's second in OPS. So it's yeah. not like he's been stinking up the joint all season. Yeah, no. the last 30, 35 at-bats or so, Something's definitely been off, whether it's the trop or not at the trop. But yeah, finally seeing him, just that feeling. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be a home run. Sometimes it's just a base hit. I going the other way. Yeah, showing your bats, your your bats of ball skills. Yeah, exactly. Just the, just the feeling of being able to step on the back. Speaking of Adamas, before you get to your Kevin Crash moment, and I think I know where you're going with the Kevin Crash moment. Um, so. Earlier this week, we had talked extensively about Adamas' defense right. and everything like that. And we went into the analytics and all that sort of stuff. The One of the last plays of the game, the second game, where the throw was a little bit off, but it got to Nate Lowe's glove, and it slipped yeah. out of Lowe's glove. The error was charged to Willie. Would you have, do you agree with that scoring decision, or should it be on low in that case because it did technically go into his glove i thought from what i saw i i believe with the last part i think yes the ball went into the glove nate low needs to make that play mm -hmm. if he's going to be a reliable first baseman yes willie's throw was difficult to make but again if you're a really high quality shortstop, you've got to make a little bit better throws. Even though it's an on the run, you can't just be throwing at the yes. dirt all the time. And you see that constantly with Willie. So, uh, yeah, it sucks that he got charged for the error. Nate Lowe should have been. But ultimately, if he makes that throw just a few inches higher, the game is over. Yeah, and again, you've got a six foot four, six foot five first baseman there. Right. You've got to. Get it to my chest. When I played first base, that's, that's all I'm asking. Get it to my chest, and I will do something with it. Yeah. But I, I will tell you, if G-Man Choi was playing first, he scoops that up nine out of ten times. Seemingly, Ooh, now, now we love G-Man Choi's defense. I'm just giving How some quickly. comparison what some guys can do, what some guys can't do. But it's one of those – my point is it's one of those maybe ticky-tack-ish Airs or who does the air go to? So we yeah. look at Adamus. I believe that's his eighth air of the season. All the, are all of those totally his fault? That's something we'd have to look at on the replays and things like that. But MLB I, Film Zone, right? That's yeah, what you got to look MLB at. MLB Fam Film Room. That is the the that's place it. to go. It's really yeah. great. I mean, it, MLB hit a home run with that one. Okay. All that aside, Willie Adamus talk over. I guess 
Yes. For now, unless he's your weekend pick, the Kevin <laughs> Crash moment, despite the Rays clinching the playoffs and having uh, about a billion guys on the injured list, Kevin Crash, Kevin Cash, whatever you want to call him, still uh, makes mistakes. Yes, he's human. In, uh, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. He's human. He he I I believe he's a a really good manager especially for the for the Rays but he does make, make mistakes. And I put a poll as it was happening mm-hmm. and about 88% of the people said no. And they said no to Blake Snell being taken out of game 1. Like look, Snell looked dominant. He only allowed two hits in five and a third innings pitched. He had about 73 pitches. He had pitched about 105, 103 um, the week before uh, in right. his last outing. So you knew he had more in the tank. It seems like it's a little bit of double standard where you can say he was going for the matchup. Snell walked the guy. He's trying to save bullets for Blake. But then again, those things can't be true, right? Because Castillo ends up walking three guys. He ends up pitching one and two-thirds innings and ran his pitch counts to 34. So all of the all of the reasoning of why you were taking Blake out, those happen with Castillo. So that double standard, that's what I don't I, I don't that's what makes it a Kevin Crash moment. It's the fact that he can't reconciliate both um both instances, I guess, would be the okay. best way to say it. Like, you can use the excuses for Blake Snell, but then turn around and have Castillo do the things that you didn't allow Blake Snell to do. Besides, Castillo hadn't pitched, what, since Boston and Saturday? And he had only uh, accumulated 11, 12 pitches. So it seemed like an odd request to have a guy that hadn't pitched for so long to hit 34 pitches. I think his season max was 21. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed like not the right thing to do at the time. And people on Twitter, I put a small, very quick poll. I like to do these polls because although I, I agree that you have to, you know, judge the manager for what they do incorrectly, I also think that you have to do it in a manner that you're not just saying hindsight 2020. I hate that. I hate waiting for the result and then say, well, you did this wrong. You did this right. wrong. It's like, that's well, too why easy don't you? to do. That's, that's too easy. Yeah. So with a poll that's only lasting five minutes, I gave everybody a shot to say, hey, you know what? What do you think right now? Not after anything that Castillo does impair your judgment on the decision. What do you think right now? And 88% of people said, I don't like this. what is happening. So 88% of people agreed with you or they liked? No, 88% of people didn't like Blake Snell being taken out. So, yes, essentially they they agreed with me, yes. There's some group think there. Uh, Let me posit this. Would you have been okay if Kevin Cash put in a different righty? Maybe a Pete Fairbanks or a Nick Anderson? I guess that would have been Anderson's third day in a row so to speak but i i think really you you didn't really have a lot of other bullets in the chamber right uh, being a double header you want to kind of again th- this is my point though you don't have that many guys in the bullpen so if cassie is your best option there uh, keep snell 
I, right. I, I got to die with my horseman. Again, you have a Cy Young on the mound right now. That's not just yes. like, it's not, that, I'm sorry, like, I'm not going to like say, oh, Yarbrough Trinos, but it's Blake freaking Snell. It's the guy you spend $50 million on. Leave him on the mound. Yes, I get your point there. And normally I would say, yes, you want to keep Blake Snell in that situation. But I will say we do know about Blake Snell's previous struggles at Camden Yards and how he is prone to give up the long ball there. And I got to tell you, walking that leadoff batter there and then bringing up the top of the order, third time through the order with a lot of righties, starting with lefty masher, Hanser Alberto. I mean, if the situation was reversed and Snell had, say he gives up the run like Diego Castillo does or, or gives up a, a double to Alberto and that scores another run or whatever, would you have suggested then that Kevin Cash should have gone to his bullpen or would you have been okay in the situation of, okay, you, you got to roll with Blake Snell? No, because I, I think you have to... I don't think things were unraveling per se for Blake Snell. You know what sucks when the guy walks a guy, then a bloop, then a three-two count that ends up in a double, and then another three-two count, and then it's a hit. There should have been somebody warming up, obviously, right. but that wasn't the case. Yeah, he walks the leadoff guy, then he gets the second out, and then boom, you take him out like that. That's a very the again the double standard. You had a very short leash with with Snell and a very, very long leash with Castillo. And you're saying, well, probably because he wants to save bullets for Snell, where are the bullets being saved for Castillo? Because as a bullpen guy, you're going to have to use Castillo probably more in the next five, six days than you're going to use Blake Snell anyway. Castillo in the in, in the next four games against Baltimore, three games, whatever, oh, and after that, they go to New York without an off day. So you're going to need your bullpen guys a little bit more to be fresh than Blake right. Snell only pitches once every five days. So, again, the double standard is what bothers me. Yes. Uh, maybe if the Rays had built up a better lead and hadn't left a runner in each 100. inning, then I think that Kevin Cash's hand wouldn't have been forced there. Here's an yeah. interesting proposal that I've got for you. And I do okay. – I agree with your points. I'm not going to totally – I wouldn't necessarily call it a Kevin Crash moment because who, who would have? I know Diego Castillo has been shaky at times this season, but you weren't expecting the three walks from him. Like you're expecting him to go in and do business against righties, but then going back to your point about he hadn't pitched since when was the last time he pitched? Like that's last Saturday, there, there, man. There's a lot to consider, but you know it would have been nice if the Rays maybe had a a three one or a four one lead, and then you, you don't hit. have to. You can keep Snell in there. Here's my question though. Yeah. Uh, say Snell got the complete game. Do you call that a legitimate complete game? Or do we need to put an asterisk or a CG-DH if this is going to be the future, if this is how double headers are going to be? Because I'm going to be honest, before the game started, I totally forgot about the seven-inning double header <laughs> thing. I was like, oh, yeah. So this is like the... The seventh or eighth inning of a, of a normal game, so it kind of feels like a, a little league uh, kind yeah. of feel, you know. S seven innings. Look, I, I I don't believe in asterisk until right. they give an asterisk uh, to the Houston Astros uh, and to the Boston Red Sox. Until that day, 
no asterisk. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, give them the CG. Again, if people really care about records, they will go and search, well, how many complete games does Blake Snell have? Oh, he's got five? Huh, four were in 2020? What happened in 2020? Wasn't that the weird year? Oh, yeah, yeah. it was the COVID year. Oh, seven innings. There you go. Yeah. Quite frankly, I think the seven inning double header thing is going to be here to stay. Uh, me too. I think it is. I mean, it's already a thing in the minor leagues. I know, you know, double A does they it. They want to shorten like it that. up. The, the whole Manfred yeah. regime has been to pace of play, pace of play. What better way to fix pace of play than saying, hey, we're going to chop off two innings um, of The MLB here. commissioner wants less baseball. That is what he wants. <laughs> I'm okay He's with a- less meaningless baseball. I'm I'm more yeah. in favor of more meaningful baseball. Here, look. Everything aside, it was good that the Rays showed ways to win. They woke up. Yeah, they woke game up. game one, they won a pitcher's duel per se. Game two, they won a home run derby. That's pretty much <laughs> how it turned out, and it was finally good. I mean, we had talked about the offensive ineptitude of the team. Yes especially against the Nationals uh, in the day game on Wednesday. But finally, okay, there's such thing as sack flies. There's such thing as seeing eye singles. There's such thing as just putting a ball in play. There's such thing as leadoff walks and things like that. Not everything, like you said the other day, it doesn't always have to be a two or three run home run. Just put the ball in play, draw your walk, manufacture runs. Look, we're never going to be the Yankees who... I guess seemingly are going to hit six home runs every single game for the rest of the year. So you got to do it in different ways. And it was good to see a lot of different players being able to do that. That's it. Yes. No, that's the best part about it all. In Mm -hmm. these two games, you saw Randy Orozarena be clutch. El clutch. Michael Perez be clutch. Yoshi moving the ball and the runners, both of them. Perfect execution there. Then in the second game, you see Wendell with with a bomb, Adamus with the bomb. I mean, you 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 really saw Hunter you Renfro. Renfro, I was just Hunt- gonna say it. Yes, Hunter Renfro shows Hunt- up. Hunter Renfro, aka the next CJ Crone himself, oh, got uh, his eighth bomb of the year. Fantastic, really. It was up and down all uh, in in the lineup. It was really great to see. We'll continue this discussion. We've got listener emails, weekend pick, and trivia coming up. But first, we've got to tell you about Roman. Look, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com 
slash locked on MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on MLB. GetRoman.com slash locked on MLB. Uh, Ulysses, get into a couple of emails here. Uh, this one from Ty McCann. He says, Gents, I'm so proud of our Rays who clinched a spot in the 2020 playoffs. Whenever a season begins, this is the goal. Given our success last year, this was certainly the expectation. I hope we continue to finish the year strong and healthy. I also want to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are Eastern Conference champions and headed to the Stanley Cup Finals. And Dustin Hansen checks in, says, I started this email with saying your interpretation of Willie is true. After your report, I continued to watch Willie and only felt defeat. With that home run, let's keep him. How about our boy, <laughs> Wendell and Margot as well? So thank you, Ty McCann and Dustin Hansen for checking in. Ulysses, I'm a little disappointed there wasn't some pre-recorded or pre-orchestrated celebration post-game. It, it was like, hey, it was business as usual. It was like they had, game, they had won game number seven instead of clinching the playoffs. It was just fist bumps and, and walking to the dugout. First reaction uh, uh, was me thinking, dang, that's a shame. You know, they're not really celebrating. Mm-hmm. But the second reaction, after like a, a minute or so, I was like, this is badass. Yeah. Like, we've been here before. We've this been here before. This, yeah. Playoffs? Yeah. This was yeah. the expectation all, all throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, since, since ALDS game five, yeah. this is the expectation was to come back to the playoffs. So, you know what? Uh, Pretty cool, actually. And with 16 teams in, let's be honest, it was pretty That's much <laughs> known that even with all the injuries and everything like that, the Rays were probably going to find a way to sneak in one way or the other. Okay, who is, the important question, who is your weekend pick for uh, the three games left against the Baltimore Orioles Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? I'm going with a lefty who is riding a high in his last seven games. So that is... Nate, big Nate Lowe. Mm. He's batting 409 with an OPS of upwards of 1300. So he's seeing the ball really well. Um, getting an actual look finally at first base, I think, with Jimon Choi out. He's the guy right now getting the at bats. So I think that'll, that can only benefit him. Dwayne and BA have said that in the past that, you know, he seems like that kind of guy that if you put him in the lineup day in and day out, he will produce. So. I'm going to go with Nate Lowe, and he's going to make me very look very smart come Monday. That's a good pick. And I got to tell you, besides the home runs and the power that we've seen from him, the, the, the two-strike approach and being able to hit breaking balls with two strikes, yeah. even 0-2, he's shown to do that and punch it the other way. Like that's, again, this guy is, is here to stay, I think, um, right. going forward. My weekend pick is also a lefty, and this guy may surprise you. This may okay. be the first time this season I have chosen this guy as my weekend pick. Do you want to take a guess who this might be? I'm thinking Yoshi Sutsugo. That was actually my backup weekend pick. Okay. But I am going to give some love to my namesake, Kevin <laughs> Kiermeyer. Okay. Going okay. on a limb, throwing crap to the wall, seeing what sticks. But if you dive deep into the numbers... Things look better for KK this season. Hit me. Hit me. Well, compared to last year, 
His chase rate is down 13%. Good. His walk rate is up to 13.2%. By the way, for his career, he's about a 7% walk rate guy. He's increased it 6% of his career numbers this year? Yes, and I believe last year, like it was really bad last year, it was just 5.4%. So he's almost tripled it from last year. Keep going. Okay. I know it's small sample size, everything like that. He is on pace for the highest on-base percentage of his career, 345 right now. The average is always going to be 230. We've got to acknowledge that. But if he can get that and keep that on-base percentage around the – 340, 350 mark. That is pretty good KK progress. He has definitely looked looked better um, this year. A- again, like we like we said the other day, the ground balls a second are still there. The flailing yep. swings and strikeouts are there. But you can also there have been more walks. If you if you, after hearing those numbers, you you start to go back into your film archive in your mind, and you, yes, you know what? He has taken more walks. He has gone the other way uh, a few more times. So. It's been, a, I think, a good year for Kevin. Maybe uh, buy a high, sell high ca- candidate. I don't know. Possibly. This might be the time to do that. Uh, yeah, he just seems to have a little bit of a better approach at the plate than last. He's just not flailing. I, it, to me, again, I test. It doesn't seem like all the time he's trying to hit a ball like it was last hey. season. I, I feel like he still has a lot of that. I've seen late lately, though, he has punched it the other way. Yes. A lot more, it seems like. Yes. Look, he's always going to try to, you know, he wants the long ball and wants to be able to do the trot around the bases and everything like that. But, the, hey, the, the specific analytical numbers are telling you things have improved. He's making us look bad, though. We said he would, uh, Phil McRae gave us a really good bet over under five stolen bases. Uh, sorry, five home runs. 10 stolen bases, he's actually making us look horrible because he's got three bombs, not five, and uh, seven stolen bases, not 10. So can he make it with nine games left? I don't think he's going to make it, but I mean, we're pretty close with that. Three and seven, five and 10. I'll take that if these peripheral numbers stay the way they are. I don't need, you know, Six, seven, eight home runs from KK in a shortened season. As long as you, if you're getting on base, KK with his speed, I'm cool with that. I'm totally if, fine with that. If you ain't first, you're last. Okay, uh, a great man said that. Okay, that so, is true. Uh, Ricky yeah. Bobby, I think, is that indeed is that right? Uh, yep. Baseball trivia. What do you got? Okay, so Kevin, since 2011, the Rays have had 21st round picks. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Can you name seven? Seven. Why seven? That is an odd number. Are you trying I, to get me to like guess a third of them, I guess? Or yeah, because I I'm, might know the recent first-round picks? Yes, I'm trying okay. to make it a little bit um, challenging. So word, this includes like uh, Comp A and Comp B picks, correct? And, yes, anything yes. that happened in the first round. 2011. Here, I might impress you with this one. Okay. Taylor Guerrero. Good job. 2011. Very good. Yeah, didn't do anything with his career. Nope. Uh, I'll go back a little bit. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go more recent. Nick Bitsko. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg Jones. 
Yes. Matt Liebertor? Yes. How many is that? Five? No, you got A, A, A. You got four. Four, okay. I'm trying to sneak one up on you. Yeah. Um, JJ Goss? Incorrect. Ooh. I feel like with this question, there's a lot of guys that haven't done anything between 2011, 2015-ish. Uh, this is... I, I will Nick, tell you that two guys that are on this list, everybody was really excited about. And yeah, they saw major league time, but not the major league time that you expected when they got drafted. Okay, this is kind of going off the wall a little bit. Connor Gillespie? Oh, you're. I'm going to give it to you. He was second rounder? No, no, no. I'm going to give it to you because of the first name. Can you fix that There's, first name? It has the same letter. It's not Connor Gillespie? No. I'm going to give it to you. Casey. Casey. Gillespie. Yes. C. Yes. Gillespie. Thank you for that point. <laughs> I know it wasn't Chris. Uh, no, no. Okay, you got five. Can you get, Nick, make it two more? Nick Chufo? See you, yes. Bro? That's one of the two guys I was mentioning. Nick Shufo. Indiana guy, I believe. Okay, oh, here yeah. we go. 2013. I think you might like this one. One more. Richie Schaefer. That's the second guy. Very yeah. good. He's now Remember? like a professional video game player, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. He's on Twitch all the time. Um, yeah, I remember when he got signed in 2012, people were like, oh, this is the next Longoria. When Longoria is ready to retire, uh, he's going <laughs> to... Every, so every third baseman that's picked in the first round is the next Longoria for that organization. <laughs> yeah. So the next time that the Angels draft a center fielder in the first, here's the next Trout. Next, next, yep, next Trout. I oh think the next gosh. Trout will be in, you know, 17 years when his baby is 18 years old. Yeah, what's his kid's name? I don't know. Uh, Mike I, Jr. probably? I don't know. Hall of Fame Trout? I don't know. Something <laughs> like, hey, l- let me see if I can keep can you going, keep going? A little bit. I might be... I might be running the, the well dry here, running it thin. Um, I want to say... Give me one more. Come on. Josh Lowe? Correct. Wow. Very good. 2016. second round pick. Was he a comp pick or a, a legit first rounder? I don't have him as a comp pick. Okay. Um, good let job. Me give you, let me give you another one. J.J. Okay. Goss. Is he on that list? You have said J.J. Goss. You have oh, okay. a main crush with J.J. Goss. He is not a first so. rounder. Yeah. Um, very good. You want to run through the guys who I didn't name? Sure. Let's uh, get Brandon McKay some love. Wow. How did I totally? Yeah, I know. I thought I... that that's one of them. Out of yeah. sight, out of mind, I guess. Right. <laughs> Garrett Whitley, Ryan Stanick. That one surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Harris, Grayson Garvin, Kess Carter, Blake Snell. Ring any bells, wow. anybody? Uh, Jeff Ames, Tyler Goodell, Brandon Martin, Jake Hager. What happened to him? Um, Mikey Matuk, of course, the legend of Mikey. And uh, that's it. Uh, That just shows you the hit rate even on first-round picks is very small. Baseball's a tough The chase rate is very high. (laughs) That is true. Although I think that that kid they drafted this year, the 17-year-old Bitsko, he's going to be something. Let's but, hope so. Uh, we don't know. These guys are all, as you like to say, lottery tickets with player to be named later. 
the, yeah. sort of the same thing with, with draft picks. I mean, if you, if you draft college guys, you might have, you got less bigger, better shot to make the majors, but not necessarily to make a, a big impact. That was, I love that trivia question. I love draft stuff. Awesome. It could be NBA draft, NFL draft, MLB draft. I'll, I'll sit there and, and dive into the, because it's like a prom. It's like a, what could be, it's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's like what grass is greener on the other fence. Can't wait to see this next guy make a, an impact or whatever. Sports fans, Christmas, you know, you're going to yes. get new presents. Yeah. A hundred percent. And boy, we needed the MLB and NFL draft this year during COVID because there was nothing else <laughs> sports wise to watch. A reminder, uh, if you're looking more looking for more of this type of content and looking to support what we're doing in our show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. If you have any questions about that or want more information, you can email us at lockedonrays at gmail.com. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>